Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. And we are locked and loaded. Okay, so we are officially live on social media. Today is Wednesday, June 30th. This is Reflection Artist Live, uh, episode uh, number 35. So we're getting up there in the numbers. And today we have a special guest uh, from Zenware uh, or RotaFS is more of what most people know it as in the detail industry, which is a software company. And we'll dig into that. Uh, but we have Jody Puzzi. And <laughs> Jody Cedric and I'm Rod Pusey. Rod Pusey and Jody Cedric. I was looking at that paper trying to make sure I got that last name right. There's always I've a twist and a course. Jody Pusey. That's, that's, that's hey, good, you guys though. come as a team, so well, you know, it doesn't I know. matter, right? It's a package um, deal. Either way, Rod and Jody from Road FS. That's a lot easier to simply said. However, we want to welcome you guys. We're going to dig into, you know, their past background. They've been in our industry since around 2008, 2009, uh, developing software for the detail industry. However, they've been developing uh, software for well over 20 years. So they're very well seasoned at that space. So we want to dig into how they decided to get into the detail industry and some of the opportunities that have been presented to them, why they've been in this industry, and we've been able to go to events and do all kinds of really cool stuff along with being part of the Air Force One detailing team and, and being live uh, out there with, with their podcast as well that they have. So, uh, Rod, Jody, thank you guys for being on, and let's uh, let's dig into like the beginning of what you guys, how you guys got started in software, and then also how that uh, all came together for you guys meeting each other, if you maybe met before that or after that, but either way, uh, give me the background story on that. Well, um, so for me, I was, I've been in the software industry since about 1999. Um, prior to that, I was in the automotive industry since the early 80s. So I actually met Jody through my brother-in-law, who is actually one of our other partners at Zenware. So I've known Jody for well over 30 years. Um, and we were all working in different jobs, doing different stuff. Uh, I got told by my wife one day that I was going to go to college. <clears throat> so I'd been working in the automotive industry for years. I restored cars, um, did everything from engine rebuilds to bodywork, paint, all kinds of stuff. And she started working for the state of Idaho, the Department of Education, and she got the most incredible benefit, which was you could send yourself or any of your family members to college for $5 a credit. So basically, it cost me 15 bucks a class to go to college. So she came home and she said, you're going to college because it's way too cheap not to go. And it's something I never planned on doing. Um, and I basically got thrown into it. Uh, I went through school. I did not go to school to be a, a a developer. I went to school to be a, a business person um, and accounting and I was into physics and all kinds of stuff. But um, anyway, when I came out of it, I got a job as a developer at a, at a semiconductor manufacturer and I wrote software for seven and a half years. Um, and then I'll leave the story there and Jody can tell his beginning. Yeah. So uh, I got pulled into software screaming and kicking. 
<laughs> I did not want to go into software. I didn't like computers, uh, but I got a job at uh, a software company um, doing some web design because um, I'm pretty good on the front end of things, but I hated it. I didn't like it, but um, I was on a call helping a customer one day and the then CEO of that software company is like, man, you need to be in sales. Would you like to be part of our marketing and sales team? So that's uh, led me to leading that team for a long time. Uh, Rod and I, um, Rod came on later as the uh, sales en engineer and he and I kind of worked together at that other software company and after many years of uh, going through changes of ownership and investment guys, we finally decided to uh, go, ah, we're tired of this and let's go create Zimware. And so 2009, we took the big leap of faith and didn't take paychecks for six months and uh, built uh, Rotafest out of our kitchens for the first year. So we met once a week strategize and then i'd go off and do sales and marketing rob would do sales and marketing and the finances and then the other two guys would develop so that's how we kind of got launched was in software and rotafest and zimware so what made you guys want to put it and steer it in the direction for the auto detailing industry like what was what was that was that was kind of my background i never i never really got out of the automotive i've always had projects and uh done stuff in my own shop. I have a shop behind my house. I don't, I've never done anything since the day I quit and started becoming a software developer, developer. I've never done anything commercially or charged anybody, but I've always had <clears throat> projects, tons of cars. I've, I've owned over 50 cars in my life. I, you know, have them for a while. I turn them, they're gone. I get another one. I do stuff to it. And so um, I never really got out of the automotive industry. And so um, at the time when we started Road FS, Rennie Doyle had a, a detailing shop here in Boise. And one of the guys we worked with, a guy named Nick, <clears throat> came to me and said, hey, there's this detailing shop right up the street. And it literally was because he was up the street. Um, so we drove to his shop. We handed him a laptop with our software on it and said, take a look at it, pick it apart, tell us what's wrong with it, what it needs for the detailing industry, um, because we want to go into that industry. And then a couple of years later, um, my daughter, my youngest daughter wanted to go to this birthday party. She's like, we got to go to Darren's birthday party. We got to go to Darren's birthday party. And I didn't know who Darren was. I didn't know who this you know, little boy was. She wanted to go hang out with. Well, come to find out Darren was <laughs> Rennie's, Rennie Doyle's youngest daughter. So I went to this birthday party. And, and as I've told the story before, I was like, there's this bald loudmouth guy sitting on the end of a counter yapping his gums. And Within about an hour, we were out in his garage looking at his Chevelle, smoking cigars and BSing about cars. So um, we both got in trouble for exiting the birthday party and hanging out with each other. And kind of the rest is history. We've been <laughs> friends ever since and um, really valued his opinion in the early days of what we could change and make different and all that stuff. And that just sort of leapfrogged us off. We got a couple of bigger clients that have been with us since day one. Uh, one or two local people and another guy that's clear over on uh, in your neck of the woods in Florida. Um, but that's really what launched us into the industry was a couple of uh, key customers and working with uh, Rennie to get things started. Now, as far as shows go, when did you guys start attending uh, some of the industry-based shows and marketing your, your brand and everything you have to mm -hmm. offer? 
So I, I started in 2008 at that other company we were at. I went to the SEMA show and I went to MTE. Um, and we had a, a similar product in that company, but not really nowhere near what we have now. Um, and I saw that it was a really good way. I think we were really early in the industry. At the time, the industry wasn't ready to accept technology. Most of the questions we got back then were, why do I need software? Um, but that's really what it got us interested in going to those shows. Um, as far as the podcast and what Jody and I do, his, some of his other background prior to being in software, Jody was in radio. He was on Spanish radio for three years or something. I mean, yeah, three years Spanish, seven years uh, hip hop, top 40, rock and roll country. I've done it all. And, and I, and, you were the Casey Case, huh? Yeah, he's the Casey <laughs> Case. And I, and I used to do voiceovers for um, some radio and television commercials back um, when I was right out of college. I did that for a couple of organizations here in town. I would do different voices and, and do television and radio commercials. So both of us had a, a knack, or I should say the, the ability to speak in front of other humans. And so it was just a natural thing. Yeah, because not speaking in front of humans is just weird. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I can have a great conversation a room, with the cat. A room full of dogs or something. They're just yeah. like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm really good at talking in front of the mirror. I, I can go all day in front of the mirror. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, as far as, uh, so, you know, with that, did you continue to attend the mobile tech and, and things and, and SEMA from there? And, and at what point did you find yourself having your own or have you had your own booth and set up or have you always been teamed up with other brands for that? Yeah, no, that's a good question because when we started our company in 09, um, we spent a lot of time developing software for other people but always had the goal of building RotaFest. So every little bit of extra money, every little bit of extra time was spent building RotaFest. And so we actually went our first uh, time as RotaFest somewhere to Mobile Tech Expo in 2010. And so ever since then, we've gone to Mobile Tech Expo every single year. We've just been 100% dedicated to it, growing. And one of the things that's kind of unique with us is, you know, while we have a strong love and passion for detailing, we also can do the other auto recon stuff, wheel repair, tent, you know, PPF, all that stuff, uh, PDR, it doesn't matter. And so we just really, you know, said, all right, we're going to engross ourselves in this. We have a love and a passion for automotive, especially Ry, because he's always tweaking cars. I just love looking at them. He actually likes to work on them. Um, and so, you know, we just were all in and we actually decided one year to try SEMA. And what, what we learned going to SEMA was everybody comes to look at cars, not software. <laughs> nope. Well, that's where mobile tech is such a great fit for you guys yeah. because it encompasses, yeah. you know, a lot of different sectors of that automotive space for reconditioning, you know, window tint, PDR, and it hits all those marks of what you're obviously offering the software for. And I think yeah, that, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that's been really fun. And then, you know, then we could still see a strategic arm with SEMA, you know, in tag teaming with great part, partners like PNS, right? Yeah. And so it's been a great opportunity for us to be an addition to, to other companies and team be, you know, to complement their efforts because as the detailing industry has grown over the, the last 
12 years. You know, Rod, Rod said it best, you know, the, when we first came out in 10, in 10 through probably 2016, we were so far ahead of the industry, right? And they just weren't ready for software. It's like, oh, I, I'll do, I got paper and pen. I, I give my stack of papers to my QuickBooks accountant and they're good to go, right? That was yeah. a story for years. And so really trying to convince <clears throat> yeah. and show the guys that it was a strategic advantage for you to, <clears throat> to bring software into, into your business to help you manage your customers, your invoicing, your cars, all that stuff, you know, and it seems like around 2016, everybody yeah. said, all right, you know what? I've been listening to you for six years. Let's have a more serious conversation. And so the last five to seven years, we've really seen a real play and, and an adoption of the industry to go, yeah, I need to be more professional. I need this to help my business. So it's been really fun the last five to seven years to kind of grow within the industry because the industry is yeah. now ready and sees the need. Yeah, no, and, and I, I have a great testimony to that because, you know, I, I started my business in 08. So right around the same time you guys were getting started on this side of the industry with the software, right? So you guys have seen the growth as much as I have and been right there with it. And yeah, in those early years, yeah, you had a work order. If, if you were, I don't want to use the word smart enough, but if you were in the position to want to exercise using a work order and it was beneficial to your business, that was the next level, right? right. And so the work orders, the checklist, all those things are great on paper. You file it away or like you had said, give it to your bookkeeper for whatever tracking of numbers or services, whatever it may be. But that was it. That was the only option. Yeah. And, and it worked and it still does. But to your point too, you know, I feel that that time frame, that 2016 time frame, um, I don't think, you know, it wasn't so much resistance. I think it was so much like guys like myself that I had a process in place that was already successful. Did it take a few more steps? Yes. Was it digital? No. But the challenge was figuring out if the digital stuff, having to learn it again, right? And how much yeah, of a challenge right. was learning it? Do I have the time to learn it? So, and then cost that's, that's secondary. Yeah. Usually some people it's first, but to me it was secondary. You know, what's the, what's going to be the cost of the software per month per year? Can I, can I afford that? And will it be beneficial to my business for the size of my business that I'm at for that time? Am I a new guy? Right. Am I been in there for a couple of years? The biggest thing for me was like, is all this going to work for the way that I'm already doing things? And yep. then when you start seeing people jump on board in the mass, you start to see more of the masses getting on board with the software you're like well it must not be that hard then it must right. not be that challenging if all these other guys are doing it and then you get some of these newbies that are getting into the industry that are able to adapt to this it must not be that hard to adapt it to your pre-existing business and how you do things right. and that's where i made the transition right around that 2016 2017 time frame and yeah. listening to you guys as well talk about it that helped quite a bit because the information was out there and you guys were putting that forward and that helped tremendously and yeah. that it does have now where did you see the gap you know obviously we mentioned a lot of stuff on why but where did you guys see the gap on how beneficial software would be to you know detailers with the automotive industry and detailers in general where did you guys actually see that and it really stand out so part of the thing with any software is kind of looking at what we call in in software sales or any sales in general you call it the pain point right where is the pain point? And the pain point for most people was in either money or 
efficiency. So the money side of things is if you're a big enough company that you're paying somebody to take that stack of paper and input it, you're paying them an hourly wage. <clears throat> and I can guarantee you that that hourly wage is more than 50 bucks a month. So the money side of things was, it was quite relatively easy. Um, we had a guy here locally that did the calculations on his own. Um, he's still a customer. He's been a customer since he's our first customer, but he literally didn't want to use the software. And he kept telling me, it's not a big deal. It's just, it, Rod, it's not a big deal. I pay this gal, not a big deal. I pay her like 20 bucks an hour. She just inputs the stuff. It takes her 20 minutes. It's really not a big deal. Well, when he counted out the number of invoices he did per year times 20 minutes times her hourly wage, he literally came to us in a panic. And he said, there's no way that I pay her. Now, this is a guy, he has 15 technicians. So he's okay. kind of a mid-sized business. <clears throat> he's got 15 techs and he does quite a bit of business. But he calculated that he paid her over 200, 000, that he paid out over $200,000 a year for his people. He's got four gals in the office for them to input data. And he was wow. literally white as a sheet. He's like, there's no way. And I said, Bert, you did the math. It was your math. Your numbers. So when he started looking at that, the money was the big thing to him. He's like, are you kidding me? So he converted instantly. Um, the other side of things is the that efficiency. So when you talk to people, like when we were at the, um, at the conferences and we talked to people about efficiencies, what's your process, right? We've been in your shop. We've seen your process. It changes over time. Mm -hmm. So your process in your shop from two years ago, when you were sharing a shop space to today, where you've got that whole building, it's a big, it's a huge difference, right? I mean, and think about the experience you're giving your customers today versus two years ago, right? They come yeah. in, the, they come in, they pull in the front showroom. You've got somebody that goes out and greets them. They take that iPad out there and they check everything in. Um, those efficiencies are invaluable. Capturing the, the person's data, knowing the services you've done that vehicle in the past, things like paint thickness, knowing that a panel's been repainted or something where you can't remember that all in your head. You know, we like and to you can write it down. Right. But then you yeah. got to go to your file cabinet and, you, and yep. hopefully you're you're everything's in order by whatever file number alphabet. Yep. But still, you got to look for it. Right. Right. And then the other thing on top of that is the the knowledge of the services you've done in the follow up. So just having the ability, um, we went to Tampa, Florida to another client, big client in the, the dealership space. And they're at a particular dealership in Tampa where they have, um, I think it's eight bays wide where they do their detailing. Wow. And um, the efficiencies they pick up there is at the dealership world, you cannot double bill. That'll get you thrown out of a dealership. If I bill you twice for that same car, you're out the door because you're just trying to skim money from the dealership. But it's really easy to do because that car may come back multiple times before it gets sold. So having the data to prove that, nope, that was on the first and now we're at the fifth. And there was a big dust storm that came through. I have to bill you for that car again because you had to wash it again. Um, those kind of things. So as the, as the industry progresses, just like your shop has over the last eight years, the software has to progress as well. And that's one of the things that we saw was the gap was people progressing with the industry. Um, so we like to take the feedback from our customers and produce the things that they need. Um, one of the things we've noticed at every show, so whether it's MTE, SEMA, or now with the Southern Detailers Conference that we all just got back from, you know, uh, that was a big difference in shows and, and, and Big D and you helped put that on was, was the Southern Detailers Conference really brings just the detailing industry together.
But one of the things that we all, all of the software companies got together and talked about at that conference was how often we see other software companies exit. So about every two years, there's a turnover. Then you'll see somebody else enter the market and you'll see somebody else leave. And they either don't have that adaptability, the ability to navigate those waters. It's just like any other business, just like, you know, you'll see a detailer pop up in Florida and man, he's on fire and he's advertising and come on down to rods. I'm the, I'm the new shit in town, right? Well, he's gone in two years. He overruns his ability to grow. And we yeah. see that same thing in the software industry is a lot of times there's a flash in the pan and then they're gone. Well, I think one of the other things is a lot of times people miss the intangibles in their business, kind of in his, the time allocated. But I remember very clearly, you know, we were at one of the first, very first shows and we had this banner that says, save, save time, make money, right? And the very first thing was integrates with QuickBooks. And literally the lady's walking by with her husband and she walks, she's like this, craning her head, looking back, reading the sign. All of a sudden she grabs his arm. She said, sit down. I want my weekends back, Ooh. right? And if this truly integrates with QuickBooks, I get my weekends back. And so we're not doing anything until you talk to these guys. And she's been a customer a long time. And so I think there's a lot of times- Things yeah. in your business, you're running it and you're, the business is more running you. And Bingo. sometimes those intangibles are costing you time with your family, time on the weekends, time late at night, mm -hmm. you know, time at 3 a.m. in the morning, sending out all, all of your invoices like one of Rod's electrical customers was doing. And so, you know, it's you, you really have to look at the pain points of your business or the things that you're missing out on in life. Yep. Because we all want to run a business, but we also want to have a life. Yeah. Yeah. My, my I have a story about, uh, and it kind of relates back to software, but it's in the detailing industry. And I have a friend, um, he's a professor at a university. Um, he's got the most colorful background in the entire world. He used to manage ZZ Top um, when they were just a garage band and he quit them and told them, you're just a garage band. You'll never go anywhere big mistake in his life, but he overcame it. He's, he's absolutely a phenomenal guy and he's a professor, but he owned a Harley for a long time. And the, the last time he detailed his own motorcycle was he was out and he said, I was out with a toothbrush and I was cleaning the fins of the cylinder head. And my wife walked by and she said one statement, she goes, does it own you or do you own it? And he said, that's the last time I detailed my own motorcycle because I would spend my weekends cleaning my bike and not spending it with my family. And or so for, riding the bike or, or riding it. <laughs> so he immediately at that time started taking his bike to have somebody else detail it because the cost mm. internally, the pain internally of not spending the time with his family and or riding his motorcycle was too great. And so then he took it to a detailer and he's much better product. It looked better in the long run and he was happier as a person. And I think software is the same way. The cost of doing it the old way, of not following up with those customers, not having a reminder that goes out every six months to remind your maintenance customers to come back, is that too great for your company? And when you stop and think about it, you know, we do the exact same thing. This year, at the beginning of the year, we had a huge project that came up. Um, it's a pain in the butt to hire software engineers. They're in high demand. It takes a long time to get them. So Jody came to me and rattled my cage and said, we need to hire contractors. At this point, halfway through the year, we have three contractors right now and we've hired two other people. 
to, to offload some of that stuff because it, the pain was too high for us to do it internally. Yeah, no, I, it, it's super beneficial because it's one of those things. Like I don't exercise QuickBooks. I've always used just a bookkeeper for everything. And just because I saw the value in that in the early years of basically being able to find somebody who is a specialist in that space and paying them to take care of it. So I don't have to worry about it, you know, and of course, double checking to make sure they're doing it the way it needs to be done. But with confidence, knowing that they are, it's easier just to pay somebody else to take care of it because that's what they're good at. You know, just like they would pay me to take care of their vehicle because that's what I'm good at. They wouldn't do that themselves. They would try, but they wouldn't do it as well. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, biggest benefits for me that I've seen with the software in general, again, personal testimony would be, you know, the experience that it gives to the customer. They see that you're taking in the data. They see that you're taking in the, the VIN number and you're tracking the services and you're able to, you know, go right back to figuring out what you did last. And then, you know, how professional that looks versus just writing it on a work order. I mean, when I was writing stuff on work orders, customers still appreciated that. But when you have that digital and you're able to look at it and then email them something in regards to that, they're just like, whoa, that's so cool. Well, that automatic setup of, of reminders, like you had mentioned, Rod, customers love that. And it just makes that experience that much better. And they see that you're more current with technology than just old pen and pad kind of scenario. And it, right, right. when dealing with insurance jobs, oh my gosh, that is huge because mm -hmm. now granted, you know, QuickBooks offers invoicing and other, you know, companies square, they offer invoicing, but when you have something that's dedicated, that's automotive base and related, and it has everything documented about the vehicle and the customer information and the service, when you submit that to an insurance company for something that needs to be done within an insurance claim, you don't get much kickback or resistance at that point. Handwritten, forget about it. They're going right, to kick right. it back. They're going to ask for this. They're going to ask for that because anybody could write that. But when you have a legitimate document that has all that information from software like RoadFS, yep. there's barely any kickback. And that's that's huge as well. Yeah. yeah, I actually used an example from your shop with a, with a person at the Southern Detailers Conference who was asking that same benefit about that. And I used the example of uh, ceramic coating. So if I take a, um, you know, somebody's car and I take a before and an after picture, do a ceramic coating, have that digital, and then that car gets scraped and damaged, I can take that, that image and say, look, this is the before and the after. We did a $900 job on it. Let's say it's a one year and it's, it's you know, there's obviously a physical difference taking that photo and you show that to the insurance company, the labor and the materials can be covered. Yes. Right. And, and that is a beautiful thing because your client has the the no the knowledge that their car is covered you've increased the value to start with way beyond the the 900 or 1000 or whatever that's particular service is and you now have a, a, an electronic document that can be saved forever that shows that you did that and and now you can produce that for insurance if you have to so there's a lot of peace of mind that comes with that that a piece of paper handwritten won't do so no you're right that's producing the you know the initial invoice to show when the work was done along with what you said was documented and then being able to show the aftermath of what the repair cost is. And then all of that lining up, they just look at it, check, check, check. Here's your check. Yep. And it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I found that being huge in regards to that, that space for me personally, we don't do a lot of insurance, but you know, when somebody gets into an accident and they got to put a claim in to have a panel refinished, 
that could be part of it because it was protected and the insurance will cover that reapplication as long as you have legitimate documents to follow that. And that's where that kind of resource comes into play. Yep. Yeah. The other big, big, big one is kind of the CYA. Um, you know, when a customer's car comes in and it's got prior damage, uh, you need to document that. I, I can remember back, holy cow, I sound like I'm hundred years old, but back in the day when I was doing restorations, we did it. We did a black car. We did a black 68 Volkswagen bug. It was absolutely gorgeous. It had a red interior. Well, the gal scraped up against a, a concrete parking block at a gas station and scraped down the whole side of it. Um, and when she came in, we were able to produce at that time, there were Polaroids that we had on file, but same kind of an idea. If you take pictures of it and you show what it is, then you'll see that. But, but it was, um, it was incredible because just not having that is such a, a hard thing to prove that it was ever at that level, you know, prove to me that this car was ever restored. Well, you can't. So now with that, I mean, what are some of the demands you've been seeing from like the detail community specifically in regards to um, different options and different things that would benefit, yeah. you know, what are some of the options that you guys have added over the years that have seemed <clears throat> to be something that is a, you know, people are wanting and asking for. Yeah. So the, the notification reminders is huge. Uh, the ability to say, Hey, I want to have the system basically go, okay, every person that's had a ceramic coating start a timer. And at the six month day, send them a reminder to come in and do maintenance. Um, the, the big one we've seen is uh, that we've made a lot of changes in is in the inventory area. So we track inventory so you can keep track of all the products that are in and out of your uh, shop um, for somebody like you that's got a storefront, we can do the distribution of those products, um, both from the manufacturer and, and or the supplier back to you as the distributor. Uh, we've done a ton of the work in that area to be able to handle things like inventory levels where I buy it in 50 gallons and I use it as an ounce at a time. So decrementing it that way. Um, some of the other stuff is just integrations with other systems. That's the big one I would say is I've got, I, I use this system or I use, uh, uh, you know, this system. <laughs> there's, I, I so wanna, many, there's so many different square like, and stripe and, and, you know, zero, zero. And, <laughs> and, yeah. Like, they just want to integrate with everything. Like, um, it never ends. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing is it doesn't end. Reporting is a huge one. Yeah. Reporting. I know get... that years ago, you and I worked a lot on a singular report that would show different services you had done, um, that, that system has just exploded. We have so many reports now that people want to take that data and do different things. Like I want to go sh turn this into my bank and prove that I'm doing this kind of work, or I want to run this report and give it to this client, um, multiple or a third party, yeah, third party that it yeah. goes to. So just, just anything you can think stuff we've never even thought would be important. I mean, um, commissions. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we're getting crazy commission scenarios now. Yeah. Um, Sydney from Sydney, the PNS and from uh, uh, I wash detailing, it's the ordering of products. So she can order it. Everybody can order from the system direct. Like you're working on a car and you realize you're out of a product. Oh my gosh, I just used my last, you know, wool microfiber or uh, a pad. I need to order. Well, I could order that buff and shine product right through our system while you're working on the car. So those kind of things that are just absolute efficiencies, like I don't have to think about it. The system tags me, throws a red flag when I need to order something. Um, that's really the big, big thing. Just, I think that to your point, going back to is 
um, being able to document the you know, level of services and how much you've done, like we did, you know, back in, I think it was 2019, we did that, where we took a review of everything. And it was, it was different because we have a, you guys and we hadn't done that yet. And right. that was kind of like one of the first approaches to that. And that helped me getting my numbers together because at that point I had stopped writing that stuff down on work orders and collected it in the software. So it was like, okay, how do I extract that out of the software? And, and you helped me with that. And that allowed me to get bottom line numbers for mm-hmm. services, individualized at that to where I could see what services are doing what, where, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And, yeah. and, and that right there is huge for a business and scaling, right? And that allowed yeah. me to scale for, you know, I, I obtained an SBA loan because of my growth. It was obviously 2,500 square feet to 7,300 square feet. So I need a little cushion. And for yeah, that reason, little. that, yeah, yeah, that, that kind of approach helped in being able to get figures back to the lender or the bank and in a legit way, that was huge help. Huge yeah. help. So anybody yeah. going in that direction and having software, and, and, and the ability, again, you can have software, but the software has to have certain abilities too, right? Right, so, right. Sure. It does. It does. And that's, and that's, you know, that's one of those things where that was a, that was a huge step at that point. And like I said, now that, now that reporting area is just massive with numbers that help people really track their business where, you know, I've, I've got people that literally they'll, they'll import all their stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, you guys have 52 service offerings. How do you even keep track of that? And we can run a report now that shows what services you've actually done in a given time period. So like with yours, let's look at all the services I've done in the last year. Well, if you haven't done those 20 over here, why do you offer them? Yep. Right? And I know you're really good about doing that where you break down your services by the vehicle and the size of the vehicle. A lot of people are just out of control. They just, they don't understand how difficult that is for them to maneuver that. And, and this helps them look at that and say, here's everything you do, but here's the only ones you're doing. And there's a profit margin, right? Keith DePlessy from PNS helped us on a couple of these reports because of his experience with shops where it's like, let's look at the efficiency and the profit margin you're making on that service. Yeah. You're doing a hundred headlight restorations um, a month, but you're making $3 on, them. you know, and this other service, you're making a 50% margin on a hundred dollar service. You're making 50 bucks. Do more of that. You know, yeah. business, business analytics is really the, the, the key to going forward. Shows you where you're losing and gaining. And yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's huge. And that, that, that I still find to be crazy with guys that have been in business three, five plus years that still don't have their service guide dialed in to be profitable on everything, yeah. not just one, you know, and, and I get that. I mean, when I, before I went through Rennie's training, I had two different sets of hourly wages I had for my common core detailing and then for paint correction and coatings. But that was also when paint correction was still kind of gaining momentum as a, as a term and a service as, as it is now. And then coatings, that was all new. So I, I had to segregate it. But now it's all encompassed into one thing. And it's detailing, premium yeah. detailing, obviously. But yep. still, guys are you know making money in this area more than this area when really across the board, it should be flatline. They should be making the same amount of money you know, on every service. Now, some services are more profitable than others, but at right. bare minimum, everything should be making a minimum of this amount of money per yes. hour. Right, yeah. right. But I think I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And I've seen that. I mean, like literally, physically, we've been to your shop, I think three, maybe four times, mm-hmm. right? We were in the early days and then we've been there since it's been expanded out. But 
you know, obviously, if I'm going to do something and I'm going to advertise, it's going to be the Ferrari, it's going to be the Porsche, the Lamborghini, but there's a whole lot of the Mazda SUV that rolls into your shop or things like that where the and like you're saying, it's the same profitability. It's the same profit margin. You're doing a premium service for the guy with the $200,000 car, but the person with the Mazda SUV, you're still going to do a premium service. It's just at a different level. And you're still making that same profit margin. People don't understand they need to have a target profit margin and they need to hit that margin no matter what it is. Um, it's, it is, it is the bread and butter. It's what keeps the lights on. And there's certain people that are absolutely blessed and they are in an area and a market where all they work on is high-end cars and they're just doing coatings and love those guys and more power to them. And you guys are really lucky. Take a deep breath every day and realize how awesome that is of an opportunity. Yeah. But for everybody that also has to do, gets to do the maintenance type of stuff and they get a mom minivan every once in a while they also need to be making the same margin on that. And there's guys out there that, you know, Jim Gogans of the world and the Scott Mashes and that are, that do such a different set of services all the time and make a really good living doing it. You know, um, Daryl, we were in Daryl's shop last week. So that's in my mind. There's normal vehicles in there. Yeah. There's a beautiful 57 <laughs> Jaguar in there and there's a, a badass new Corvette, but there were just a couple of Jeeps in there. There were big, there's a big industrial, like a Pepsi van that they were working on. So it's the bread and butter. It's the day-to-day -day stuff that they're making money on that keeps those big shops running. Yeah. And that, the same thing for me, like to me, it's all paint and wheels. So whether you're driving a Camry or a Porsche, it's a matter of what services you want to have done. I mean, you're, you're offering a premium service. So it yeah, doesn't yeah. change because of the type of vehicle or the badge on the vehicle. Yeah. What should change is the, the expectations of the customer and what services they want. That's what changes. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yep. And that, I think that is the key to both detailing and software. And that's where they have a real similarity. It's the expectations and how you manage that. So software, we have to deal with expectations the same way. Um, a lot of times people have really super low expectations because they're coming from paper and they're, you know, super impressed. Um, that's just as hard as somebody that has really high expectations and wants ice cream to pour out of their monitor when they turn it on. Um, there's no difference there. You've got to manage those expectations, just like everybody in the detailing industry has to manage expectations as well. You know, there's a car that's going to come in and it's got really battered paint and it's on its last legs and you're like, I'm going to do a one step on this with the softest pad possible and some polish, and it's going to look the best it possibly can, or it's going to be, I just rolled this off the, the showroom. It's the best paint possible. It's super thick. And I want you to do a complete wet sand and polish. And man, this thing is going to look like glass when it's done. It's managing both ends of those expectations. If the guy with the, with the last leg paint job expects it to look like this, it's not going to, and you've got to be upfront and honest with them. And we're the same way. If we can't do something, we need to say, we can't do that right now, but let us yeah. do it. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. And those reports are what help that because that allows you to revisit. If you did a previous job where it was the same vehicle, maybe different color, but the customer's asking for the same services, it allows you to immediately go back and validate too, because sometimes the customers, when you throw numbers at them, even if you have a price list that you're going off and not shooting from the hip, you got those numbers locked in, you're good. And they're still like, are you sure? I mean, is that, that doesn't sound, you know, and then you could always go back, well, this is what the last customer paid. And then they're like, oh, so this is a thing. So that there's, yep. there's a lot. And of course, just a reminder for the technician or the owner to be like, oh, this is what we did last time. Okay. This is a refresh on 
what I did before and how I went about doing it. And it's yeah. just quicker too, because you just dial in by yeah. Oh, yeah. whatever quick, you know, quick reference of putting that in, whether it be, you know, job number or customer last name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, you know, you, you were mentioning you being a paper and not being very technical, but you had your services set up to really adapt to technology easily. Yeah. Right. So the fact that, you know, when I look at, when I go to your shop, if I roll in and I'm in a four door sedan and it's a midsize or a compact, right. We're talking civic accord type of size of a vehicle, you know, um, Lexus, BMW, 328, whatever, all about the same size vehicle, your services. I know that I can go into your menu and hit, you know, four door compact and I get just a drop, a, a narrowed down list of the services. So it's really easy menu options for your people at the front end to explain to the client, here's your vehicle type and here's the price. Um, a lot of people I think are, are not as in tune to that. Um, and, and I've only seen a few that do it. There's a, we picked up a tinting company that's similar to what you're doing in your shop as well. And they have their window tinting set up the same way. Um, a kit for a Camry is going to be the same as a Nissan Sentra, but they name it Sentra so that when the client sees it, it's for their car. Yes. But it's the same price. It's the same kit. It's the same basic square footage of material. It's just, oh, let me grab the Sentra kit. And that is just a, both an organization and a customer experience and a, um, uh, a satisfaction part, right? When you go to purchase a part for your car, you don't want to get, nobody wants to get the universal, right? No. Um, I just picked up a new car. Um, and so I, I, I haven't really advertised it out there, but I, I just bought a, a 911 Carrera convertible. And when I go to the store and I buy no, something. No, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's go back. He bought his dream I bought, car. I bought a 911 right? convertible. He's been dreaming and drooling and you know, okay. envisioning this ride that he flew to, <laughs> so, to yes, Washington and then Washington. drove home. And so, he didn't share any of the pics of the experience. And I kept waiting for it. I still have them. And I'm waiting for the reason it is, is because I, I, I picked it up because it's a guy I know. Um, it, it, it is an older car. It's a 2001. It's in immaculate condition, but it has a brand new engine in it. It's a brand new factory replacement engine, had less than 3,000 miles on it. New tires, new brakes, new rotors. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Huge $4,000 stereo system. It's an immaculate car. But the point of that is when I go online and I order something for that car, I don't want to order the universal dash bezel for my Porsche, right? I mean, you know, you deal with a lot of high-end guys. Yeah, guys no, you want direct go, fit oh, no. OEM. I need the Porsche Carrera dash bezel inserts. I'm not yep. buying the universal crap. I want the Porsche. So that's the same thing with this customer and the tinting or the services that you do. When I come into your shop, I know that on that, on that estimate or that sheet that I look at, that check-in sheet, it's going to say two-door subcompact. You know, you might name your services. So it's going to have the car, Porsche 911, two-door subcompact, compact, you know, three-step correction. And it it's tailored to me and not only my expectations, but depending on the ego of the person as well. And we all know that's part of it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. The Ferrari guy does not want to hear, oh, today you're on our coupon special. Hey, I own a Ferrari. I don't need a coupon. Yeah. Right. Seriously, you know, you know what I'm talking no, about. No, you're absolutely right. 
they're, yeah, they're, they're right. a Ferrari guy. They want to get the premium uh, service. Is this the best service? Yes. Yeah. You have a premium customer. So yeah. Sometimes though, there are those premium customers that are looking for the discount because they have the Ferrari and they think everything's owed to them. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's it, the one Ferrari. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yeah. 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 That's Rennie's, Rennie's description of the single Ferrari guy, right? You yes. Want the guy that has yes. Two. You don't want the guy that has one. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good, that's a good way of putting it. Now, as far as um, with, with everything you guys have done and where you're at, uh, moving forward, and of course, you guys this year going to be at SEMA. I take it. Yes. Okay. We are going awesome. to be at SEMA. Um, we are we are actually being uh, part of the IGL family this year, so oh, we're okay. going to be in the IGL booth. Um, we are going to be remote in a lot of locations, so we've upped our equipment game a lot. We have a lot more recording equipment, and so we're going to be bringing some of our equipment, and we're going to do some remote stuff as well. So we're going to be in the IGL booth every day. But then we're going to remote PNS, and we're going to be over with uh, some of the other companies. Um, yeah, we'll we'll jump into the Buff and Shine booth. We've been doing a lot more stuff with Clint, who is a phenomenal guy, and uh, we're going to do yes. some stuff there. And yeah, so we're going to be all over. We're going to be the voice of detailing at SEMA. And then nice. um, <laughs> in August, we're going to be uh, we have a different role at MTE. Um, in las vegas this year um we're actually going to be we have a booth for road fs and we have our full-time account executive ben um there but jody and i actually have a, a detail memoirs booth and we'll be recording our podcast live full-time at mte as well just so like very we nice detailers conference yeah very cool different okay. role for us there it'll be nice to see you guys because i should be on behalf of buff and china attending yeah, that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah. And then next month, we're actually, um, we're actually proud silver sponsors this year of Air Force One. Oh, so we kind of upped the game there a little bit as well. Um, Rennie, last minute that that event, they decided to do it. And he, they called us up, Chris and Rennie, and, and said, you know, I know it's last minute, would you guys like to be involved? And we said, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Don't even, you don't even have to ask. <laughs> yeah. Involved. So, so we're going to do that. Um, this year, we don't get to work because they're limiting the number of people that are working there. Yep. Um, but we are going to be sponsors. We would really love to sponsor people and, and help anybody get that experience. As you know, it's a kind of a life-changing experience. Everybody that has the opportunity that gets called should do it. So yeah, we did not want to take the place of somebody that's never done that. So, you know, the second words out of our mouth after yes was please don't include us in the people because it's limited. Let somebody else have the opportunity to do that. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I I had to pass it up because I have a trip for the first week of August to the Bahamas for seven days. So. Oh, oh nice, dude. Nice. We've been uh, there. We've over. Oh, where's yeah. the invite? What's yeah. up with that? I we mean, got, we got to, we got, we're going to drive down to Miami, get a plane over to Marsh Harbor. And then from Marsh Harbor, get trolleyed over to a boat. And then the boat will take us to the island that we're staying on for seven days. Nice. <laughs> it's a family uh, trip. Awesome. So yeah. yeah and the it's the beginning are... of the lobster season. So we plan on, uh, we have a boat and we have our house where we're staying. So it's, yeah. And I know the Islanders, you could shoot them a couple bucks and they'll go out and collect conch and lobster and do it all for you. So I plan on enjoying myself that week. But the point is <laughs> having AFO and then, of course, coming back a week or two and then doing that for a week. Unfortunately, that right now with where my shop is, it's it wouldn't work out. Yeah, yeah it's I a busy it. time of the I year to, to do everything. So and and last year, I think things really picked up in the detailing world. Um, yeah. People are starting to realize the value um, of doing 
of taking care of their vehicles better. Um, so Jody and I are actually going to start a series. We've got a couple of sponsors and we're actually going to do a series. We're going to actually recon a couple of cars from start to finish, get a valuation of the vehicle before and after just to show people the value of going to a certified experienced auto reconditioning technician and getting your car taken care of, how it can not only make it look better, but it'll increase the value as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as far as, um, you know, looking forward into that SEMA timeframe, we're looking at November. So is there anything that you want to speak on? You don't have to. Is there anything new you guys are in development of adding to your lineup of things that you want to talk about now? Or you want to say, hey, no, there is something, but we're going to wait till SEMA to talk about that. There's there's both, but definitely you're going to want to stay tuned because there's some big stuff we have coming in, some integrations with some phenomenal things that will help track data and keep track of uh, really important aspects of the car. Yeah, the nerds in the background are pretty busy uh, building stuff, kind of like those yeah. elves on the shoes. So they're they're working on some stuff. So yep. they want their chocolate factory. Was are working, but the stuff we can reveal is yeah, we are increasing on the reporting side, a lot of data output. Um, specifically around things that we've talked about here, being able to spit out some reports that are standard that banks want, that financial institutions want, um, continuing to integrate with some things like Stripe and Square, and uh, just overall look and feel you has totally changed. Tell Square. That's fine. But and we have we have a ton of stuff that's always on the on the brink of that. Um, we are talking to several different product companies that want to integrate their products into the into the software so that they're automatically loaded in there we talked to clint about doing that so some buff and shine stuff will be in there the SKU numbers will be in the software if people want to put their their microfiber their wool their their you know blueberry um they want to have it in there that's sydney's favorite pad by the way but she she wants to have the SKU right in there so that when she runs to a certain level that it automatically tells her she needs to order more no i like that very cool We'll look forward to seeing that for sure. So with that, um, we are coming up on time. We try to do, of course, 45 minutes to an hour. So we're right there. However, as far as how people would get a hold of you, how any anybody viewing this or anybody, what would be a couple different plugs where they could reach out to you guys? So roadfs.com is a website. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, of course, Zenware, um, Inc., uh, RotaFest on Instagram. RotaFest um, detail members on YouTube. We of course have YouTube channel. So if you just search for RotaFest on YouTube, we have over 130 episodes. We have a boatload of episodes on uh, our your standard podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor, all that stuff. So and if you can't find us through that, just look for Rod Pusey or Jody Cedric on Facebook or Instagram, and you get to see our yeah. We're, we're we try places. to be everywhere, you know, right? And we're just trying to help people grow their business and be an impact on the industry. So very cool. And then of course going to shows, right? If they go to shows, make sure to look for you at either your own booth or somebody else's booth helping out and or doing a podcast. Yep. Yeah, we'll yep. be, and if, we'll if be all, everywhere. If all of that fails and you just absolutely can't find me anywhere else, just shoot Justin a text and he'll send you my stuff. So This is true. <laughs> I'll be able to get a hold of you, get you guys connected. So and as far as uh, any last words of advice that you would have, you know, especially with you guys seeing and hearing so much in the industry with building software for these guys in demand, what is something that you could put out there that's super helpful for advice? 
Uh, I think the best advice I can give is that whether you're using our software or somebody else's, you need to be using technology. Um, you know, I'd love it if everybody used RoadFS, but it doesn't work for everybody. And so use some kind of technology. And if you don't know, just ask. Um, you know, the, the other software companies that are out there right now, they're all stand up. They're all legit, great businesses. So ask talk to all of us and find the one that works for your particular company and then just go with it and use them as your trusted advisor, just like you would, you know, a mentor that you use in the detailing industry to help you out. Find that software company that works for you. 100% agree. Have, if, if you're going to run a reputable business this day and age and you want to be successful, uh, software in general is going to be a huge benefit to that aspect. Huge. If you're not using it, then you might as well break out a chisel and hammer, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, guys, I thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you guys at Mobile Tech in uh, late uh, August uh, for the Vegas show. Um, like they said, if you if you want software, check them out. There's a lot of really cool. And what you guys don't know is that at some of these shows, you'll actually see some of the software brands hanging out together, maybe having a beer together, whatever it may be. So. There, it's different than coatings and other things that are in the industry that, you know, everybody works together because we want to bring up the industry to make it, you know, more powerful for everybody and more effective and more efficient, of course. And these guys are on the forefront of that. So thank you, guys. I thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's thank been you. Fun. Go ahead. I said it's been fun. Yes, yes. It's 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 nice to be on the other side interviewing you guys. I've been <laughs> I know. Of, it's, I've been on a couple of your podcasts. Yeah, it's like, all right, uh, what do I say, you know? But now my, 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 only, my only complaint is I didn't get the invite for the Bahamas. So, you know, <laughs> other than that, it's been a great experience. I'll send you pictures. There you go. Yeah, there thanks, go. man. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, guys. I and... got it. <laughs> Hopefully in the future, we could have you on again, as far as, you know, right now we're uh, on episode 35 for this whole podcast platform that we're doing. And it's been awesome. And we're definitely uh, happy to have you and be part of this and taking your time out of the day to be a part of it. And of course, everybody at home, whether you're listening now or later, uh, we appreciate it as always. So thank you guys. I'm going to sign off. You guys have a great day and uh, everybody. Thank you for watching uh, the Reflection Artist Live uh, number 35 podcast. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.